Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Chopper Dive Podcast, man. Brought to you by the Hogs Haven SB Nations uh, website, blog site. Uh, I'm your host, Molly Mall, Coach Mall, Hand Dog Mall, all that good stuff, man. In here with the fellas, man. Dre, AJ, I ain't talked to y'all in like five weeks. So I know, man. You, man. Remember, I hit y'all up the other day. I was like, damn, let me see what the boys doing. I had to text y'all. I was, especially you, Ma. I know AJ, I've been seeing a lot, but Ma, I was like, damn, I'm worried about my man Ma. I know the injury got him down and I ain't heard from him. So you know, I had to check in on yeah, y'all man. boys, man. It's good to be back. Look, man, man it's that good boy, time. That dog. boy Ma ghosted us. <laughs> I know, right? It's good timing, bro. <laughs> Going through a couple things, bro. You know what I'm saying. So you know, it's it's like I said, life be life, and bro. So it was it was well timing because I know training camp is picking up, football is picking up. You know, you get a two week period where you can just process things and just keep it pushing, bro. So we good, bro. We good, man. Um, it's crazy though, cause as a time that we what's going on, Amani. Appreciate you checking in. Let's get a um quick administrative item thing out of the way, man. If you are listening. Well, excuse me, let's start with the YouTube side. If you're watching on YouTube, man, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We definitely appreciate that. If you are listening on Apple or Spotify, man, do us a favor. I know the numbers that come through our podcast, man. And, you know, I don't really make a big deal out of it in the past. And I said this earlier this week, man, but listen, help us out. I'm saying leave a rating and review, man. Take two seconds to do it. We definitely appreciate it if you take that time out to, 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 to handle that. I don't know why I just stuttered right there, but um, we definitely appreciate it if you can just take some time out to leave us a rating and review, man. Um, and, and and we can keep things pushing that way, especially when we get into the 2023 season, man. So that being said, fellas, last time we was here, um, you know, it, it was still under technically under Dan Snyder's ownership and and what a weekend. To the ownership change um i ain't gonna lie to y'all bro like yeah i'm starting to I, I told y'all like i was a little concerned about like how i would be feeling about this team like how long it would take for me to kind of recover from the dan snyder air um and the way things are looking uh i don't i don't see an area in which um there is uh uh a stone that wasn't unturned. And what I mean by that is like everything from uh, the business side to the football side has dramatically, the, the optimism has dramatically increased the minute he took over. And that has trickled down to me, man. Um, we're going to get into a couple of quotes since we're obviously diving into training camp. It's only been a couple of days. We don't, I mean, I ain't about to make no speculations off a couple of plays that, that comes off on the internet. Um, but, not but what people are saying yet. is, yeah, yeah not even in pads yet. But some of the things that people are saying is interesting. But I want to get y'all the floor, man. Um, and, and just seeing how y'all are feeling the week into the new ownership change. Um, Magic Johnson came in and and, and gave his his player motivated speech, man. I, I love the I love the way when he was in his uh intro presser or his intro statement, just understanding that you know anything he touches, like he's here to get a dub, like he's here to win, and he's here to win like championships and. To have that in your backing as as Josh Harris is the 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 owner um majority owner of the team uh within his partnership uh is is pretty incredible uh to have and and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys do on the field and like I said we'll transition to that in a second but I'll give y'all the floor just to see how y'all are feeling the weekend to uh the the Josh Harris ownership um tenure um and and also uh, what you've been observing via social media, maybe even at the training camps or, or just the optimism, the vibe of the, uh, surrounding the team? I mean, uh, I think it's definitely good to see that 
you know, the fan base is, is getting more engaged. Uh, they're outwardly showing their, their efforts. I mean, I haven't seen it personally uh, as I, I've been out the country and still out the country, uh, but just, you know, uh, watching Twitter, uh, things that are coming in, Facebook, um, I can definitely say that people are asking me for tickets for the season already, which is pretty damn weird because uh, it hasn't been like that for a while. Uh, so, like I said, it's, it's a huge victory for a lot of the people in the fan base. Uh, I think for me, I'm more so concerned about uh, engaging with the community and getting the youth uh, back into the Washington football side of things. Um, I think that's hugely important because eventually those kids are going to grow up to be adults like, like, like us here on this podcast. You feel me? That's really where fandom starts at. It, it starts in your youth years. Um, shoot, my, my parents are from Liberia, West Africa. They don't know shit about no American football, but, you know, coming to the D.C. metropolitan area in the, in the 80s, they had no choice but to adapt. And me being born in the late 80s, my first words as a kid was touchdown during the Redskins Super Bowl. You feel me? So since then, I've been a diehard Redskins fan. Maybe I don't show it like <laughs> some of the people on social media or got a whole bunch of paraphernalia, but it it means. Y'all can hear me? Did we? No. I, I, I was just about to ask Dre if if, if he can hear you because I couldn't. Um, yeah, I I got yeah. a I got a call that came in. Um, yeah, so I mean it means something to me, and that's why I'm still in it. You know, regardless of who was the owner, regardless of the win and loss, uh, did I think about switching teams? Yeah, but it's hard when <laughs> when that's kind of all you know. Um, that's real though. So that's what I'm that's that's what I'm excited about. You know, for the area the it's now hope. It, it kind of resembles the Barack Obama presidential race. You feel me? His first year. It's kind of like people are clinging on to hope, change. And that's what, you know, you're wishing to get out of this. Uh, I, I feel like Obama did a great job as president, but you know, uh, as far as this team, you know, you're just waiting to see what happens down the road, uh, whether it be the stadium location, the rebrand. There's so many different conversations, but we all know the truth. Once September come and them wins and losses start really counting, all of that stuff kind of goes out the window in, in, in some regard. You know, some people like Dre are going to be like, man, I'm just looking forward to next year. But there's a lot of the fan base that is <laughs> is, is thinking that this is a Super Bowl contender in some degree. Or well, Sam Howell is is that guy. He's him at quarterback. But, you know, for now, we'll let them rock out, you know, take their little small victories, got bleachers at training camp. I mean, that's so 1998. But, <laughs> you know, for this organization, that's something that they haven't you experienced. Get new things, in, bro. Yeah. yeah, they have an experience. So it's just like, you know, I'm just happy for those people, man. At the end of the day, uh, congratulations to Josh Harris. Congratulations to Mitchell Rose, my friend. Uh, crazy, I got a friend that owns a portion of a NFL franchise. <laughs> and uh, Maggie Johnson, you know, and everybody else a part of that group. I'm looking forward to what they what they bring to the area. Yeah, man, for me personally, it just feels like we got something back. I mean, even though I never left as a fan, I mean, I've had the low moments in the Dan Snyder era. It just feels like you're getting your franchise back, your team back, your baby. You know, I started like AJ in the 80s, uh, late 80s growing up. I mean, before I can really remember, you know, being a, a Redskins fan. You know, my first jersey was Doug Williams in 1987. I had one of those. I got pictures taken with that. And, you know, even during the bad years, I was always there. And then, you know, when Dan Snyder took over, obviously none of us knew what we were in for. You know, you hope for the best. And, you know, we didn't know Dan Snyder as a person, but he came in 
as a young owner. And we all thought, oh, this guy's spending money. He's going to do this. But then you start to hear the stories over the years. You see the results. And then you realize that, you know, you're an embarrassment. You're a clown show. I mean, that's what this franchise was for years. I mean, you can be a bad team or a mediocre team, but we were worse than that. We were, you know, <laughs> we were failure on top of having to hear about stuff outside of football constantly. And it drained a lot of fans. A lot of people left. I mean, so much happened in this dance not an era. And sometimes you didn't even realize you were going through the storm while you were in the storm. But then you realize, hey, <laughs> this everything's bad. And we don't know if anything could ever get good with this guy as an owner. You know, and with Josh Harris, again, there's nothing guaranteed with this guy. There's nothing guaranteed that he's going to come in. He's going to win Super Bowls. But I think at the end of the day, you feel like you're going to be a normal functioning franchise. You know, maybe you're not winning Super Bowls, but at least, you, you know, you're not destined to fail, or at least you're not in the news for, you know, bullying, you, you know, your workplace uh, staff and all of that. You know, we heard so many of those stories with Dan Snyder over the years. We witnessed the firings of coaches. You know, we witnessed guys coming here like the Marty Schottenheimers, the Michael Shanahan's, you know, all of those guys had high reputations coming in under Dan Snyder and they all left with worse reputations than they came in with. You know, that was just a common theme. Like Joe Gibbs is probably the only guy that still walked out with a high reputation under Dan Snyder. And cause it's just hard to, you know, knock Joe Gibbs off the pedestal that he's on. But again, you just felt like no one that this guy brought in, you were going to see success in because he always had his hand in the pot somehow. I mean, early on, it was the meddling. Then later on, it was just the behind the scenes stuff. And you hear the stories later on. But at least with Josh Harris coming and you, like I said, you just feel like you have some kind of hope. There's something to cling to. And at the very least, like I said, you feel like with this owner that you're going to just be a normal functioning friend, even if you're not Super Bowl winning, you feel like, you know, you, you have something, you know, year by year, you may have some hope. You know, you have uh, a place where you could cultivate and develop talent maybe you know i know we always talk about the quarterback question we haven't had a quarterback in a long time a lot of people say well what's the owner got to do with that well it starts at the top with cultivating the uh environment for guys like that to come in and, and succeed you know franchise guys you know the franchise guys we've had in the past they were tied to ownership in some kind of way and it you know got in the way of coaches so you know with josh harris the guy he's you know almost 60 years old he he owns a couple of sports franchises and you know Philadelphia 76ers, they may be a disappointment in their respective uh, front league, but they are in contention every year in their conference. You know, the Devils, I don't follow hockey too much, but people say that, you know, at least they are respected. So, you know, this guy runs respected organizations. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson's always been around success in his life, whether it was on the basketball court, whether it's owning things. You know, the rest of those guys, the Mitchell Rails, all of these guys, you know, anything they step into, they're successful. So you feel like at least at the very least, you're going to have an adult an, a, adults running the show. And that's all I want to see. And that's all we can ask for. And now, you know, I want to get to the point where we're not talking about ownership anymore. We're talking about football. We're talking about personnel. We're not talking about, oh, man, you know, this this owner, he's just making crazy decisions. I mean, it's going to get to that point eventually where we're not talking about this. But right now it feels good. It feels new. And like you said, Maul. Like Thursday, when they announced the decision, I see all of the fans. I couldn't get down to the bullpen, but I wish I was, I was just about there. to say, I wish, I wish <laughs> I was able to. I, yes. I just started driving again. I wish I, you know, I, and that's, you know, I wish I was a part of that, but I, I wasn't able to get down there. But you just saw and felt the different energy. I mean, that's the energy that this town has missed with this football franchise you know even during the bad years and i know aj mentioned the bleachers and that's something that you know is 1998 but we haven't it makes you realize that as a fan we haven't had a real fan experience you know we don't really we haven't even realized we've been missing that real fan experience when i seen those bleachers go up I'm like what wow we we're getting that <laughs> you know i want to go to training yeah. camp now like that's a real experience it's a start so we're hoping for more of that going forward and, and I think another way to add on to that, and we can transition to the to the field side. I think I think one thing too that a couple things now I think about it. A couple things is like transitioning to football. I think it really starts now. Um, to be honest with you, like sure, it's the ownership thing is fresh, but now you're not even like think about it like this. Um, when do you even when when was the last time you even mentioned like a Dan thing? Like you haven't even said Dan Snyder since. For I'll say it for me. I don't know about y'all. I'll just say it for me. I haven't even said one. I haven't even uttered Dan Snyder's name. I mean, I was, this is an exclusion since he's since he sold the team. Like since it was formally 
so I haven't even I haven't even mentioned his name, like whether it's uh, speak, spoken verbally or in my head. Like it's not it's just something that doesn't happen. doesn't happen for me. And and like having the ownership thing is fresh, seeing their face around the the the, the field and uh, around the fans and stuff like that is fresh. But to that point, when you talk about winning, um, you think about a guy like Ron Rivera, who um, he mentioned on his in his Tuesday's presser, you know, one of the best things that he's ex- or one of the most things he's first off, I'm sorry, Rich, appreciate you checking in. Uh, Monty, appreciate you checking in. Marcus, uh, appreciate you checking in as well. Uh, Rich said he was there and he drove he drove down from New York to be there. Um, that was something that I really wanted to, to Yo, say before tweaking. I transition. Um, <laughs> hey, but but listen though, here's the here's the thing though. I, I don't blame I don't blame him, but here's the thing though. Um, those bleachers that you mentioned about, like that can be small for for us, given that like from a, a macro perspective, it happens around the league and in most areas. But like when you improve the fan experience, people want to visit, they want to physically be in an area that is uh concerning the Washington commanders or or they want to be at the games. Um, they mentioned that the the club section I think was sold out or something. I, I forgot what Jason Wright said since the, the announcement of the sale. I forgot what he said. It was something where the the tickets or the season tickets or something like that was kind of was was already blown out the water. Like they blew their mark out the water already. But more, um, how about the biggest news so far is that DC, Maryland, and Virginia's fighting over oh, who's yeah. going to get them now. Like, remember, proposed legislation no today, one, <laughs> no one this morning for, for DC. matter before, you know, any of this happened. But now since Josh yeah. Harris is coming to the fold, you're already talking about RFK as a legit option. They're saying Congress is, you know, maybe passing a bill to give DC, you know, regulation over that land to give to Washington to come back. I mean, that that's the type of momentum we've been missing, yeah. you know, and that can trick you, you know, trickle down all the way to, you know, the football field. So, I mean, like I said, right now, you know, everything, they have to capitalize on this momentum that they had 100 uh what's going on magic man appreciate you checking in uh but to that point with, with ron rivera you know he said he's excited that he can just be a coach now like it's, it's no more business side for him um it's, it's none of the the administrative things uh from a business perspective uh at least from from what he's uh portraying uh in his pressure when he when he spoke two days ago at the start of training camp um i think another thing that sticks out from ron over the last couple of days is how he's going to be a lot in his time different. Um, I actually notated this reading his presser. Um, we can start from here. Like when you think about the fact that he can now formally delegate, um, at least on the offensive side of the football. Now, I don't know to what degree he was actually, I don't think he really made so many changes with Scott Turner. Like he let him do his thing up until the point where he said, F it, we're going to run the ball regardless of how tired you are running the football. We're going to run it two more times after that, Scott. And I don't care how you feel, but um, he gave him his leash. But I think when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, like I think he's more confident in what Bieniemy can do. Uh, obviously, he's still mentoring him to whatever degree he needs it or or advice or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, Rivera's in a space where he can now really be around the defense again. Like it's no more like dipping hands in both sides when you know that he's a defensive coach and he's defensively focused. Um, does that mean? He's going to be intruding on Jack Del Rio. I doubt it. Um, he mentioned in his pressure as well. He he made he made a point to mention that Jack Del Rio is still the coordinator. Will still put the plans together, and he will still call the plays. But he'll he'll be around a little bit more on the side of the ball that he can maybe give some tidbits to a guy like Jamie Davis or or even um, Khalid Hudson um, or even uh, Barton Cody Barton when they may need some help at the linebacker spot um, or just overall just chipping in from a, a, a meeting perspective, who knows? But um, I think Ron Rivera has an opportunity for him. Now, does it translate to win or losses? I don't know, but he has a better opportunity to, to fight for his fight for his job because he's not really focused on the business side. So I think that's an interesting thing, a, a byproduct of this ownership you, thing. You know, AJ don't about him. Man. I mean, but look, <laughs> hey, if we you know we being real, but that's, that is, it is what it is. Like, I yeah, don't like but, the reality but, is but, like he may he may lose his he may lose his job at the end of the season, but what what he gains is a full opportunity to fight for his job without having to worry about the business side or anything being distractions. Uh, he can really just hone in on football and coaching. Hey, Bamal, like it, it's so crazy. This is literally the same situation that happened to him in Carolina. 
If you guys ever watched the Carolina Panthers all or nothing season, this is the same thing he was saying to the media as far as being more hands-on with the offensive coordinators there, defensive coordinators there, and, and, and feeling like he didn't have to necessarily be a manager more so. And it was also so, new ownership in Carolina. That That's all I'm going to say. It, it is literally playing out the same exact way in a sense. So so listen, I actually I was actually gonna circle back after I got y'all thoughts on that, but um after I got y'all thoughts on, on his quotes from, from Tuesday, but I was AJ, I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. One of the things that I was gonna mention is Ron does a really good job of spending the media, and he can be he can genuinely be excited right now, but the season hasn't started yet. And he's talking about there's a weight lifted off his shoulder. If you start stressing again, and all of a sudden that that attitude. <laughs> That attitude comes back where, like, he's barking at the media again in the regular season. Like, that that will kind of show his hand. Um, at the very least, I think I think there's there's a couple facts here. Or, uh, there could be a couple truths here. I think that he's genuinely excited. Um, and I think that he I think he knows that there's an opportunity up here that he has to prove himself in front of new ownership. Um, that, I mean, it's undoubted. Like, it's it's obvious because you know he's experienced this in Carolina. Like, it's it's a deja vu situation all over again. So it's, he's not lying when he says he has to prove himself. But can he get the job done is another question. But secondly, um, like, how real was your statements? Like, sure, it's fresh. And, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, because, again, whole situation and circumstances just changed in Washington slash Ashburn. Um, but I, I, I was literally going to say, AJ, like, he, he does a really good job of talking to the media, especially in, in moments where, like, the bullets aren't really live just yet. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, he's won them over with who he is as a person. So they don't go at, go at him as hard. Like, most of the pundits that get to be in front of him on a weekly basis, they're not going after him. It's it's those that go after him that, that aren't in his face. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, great opportunity for him to collect his $8 million and get out of here next year. But, you know, we'll let it play out. <laughs> <laughs> so AJ, let me ask you this. I, I want to ask AJ this. You know, with new ownership happening, everybody's happy right now. You know, people looking forward to the season. You know, me personally, I'm happy. I'm excited for everything. You know, but I'm taking everything in stride. Are you going to be rooting weekly for the team this year, or are you going to be man Sam Howe some shit, Ron Rivera some shit, everybody getting fired? Like, how, what's your feeling? Are you excited for the season? Or are you just ready for these guys to be fired? Which, what's your feeling right now? Uh, I'm ready. Am I excited for the season? I can't really say I'm necessarily excited for Washington season. I'm excited to see NFL games be back and, and be in motion. Um, I'm excited for football in general, you know, uh, over the past couple weeks, I've been having to watch, I don't know, they call San Antonio Rough Riders or whoever, uh, just occasionally on my TV. What's that, USFL? uh, Man, I don't even know. It was some type of football that was just on. I almost watched the lingerie ball uh, or some shit just to (laughs) get my football fix in. But uh, overall, I think for me, my expectations for the season, I really don't have any. I just want to see an offense that resembles something of today's NFL. You feel me? Something that looks close to a top 10 offense. Uh, that's what I want to see. Uh, I think, you know, we, we got an ideal of what Eric B. Enemy is going to run, even in the two days of video content that's been put out there from training camp. A lot of jet, uh, jet sweeps, a lot of motion, RPO, all those things. I just, I just want to see them be a productive offense. I don't really know what I'm getting out of the season overall um, at the end of the day. You know, I also want to be able to critique Sam Howell and, and Jacoby Brissett. I think the quarterback position is the main thing for this franchise, and I want to see how those two possibly maneuver within Airbnb scheme. Uh, but I, I, I feel like it'd be – it'd be ignorant of me to go into this year thinking that this offense is going to going to help them get to the Super Bowl. You feel me? Because it, it's a lot into the process of, of being able to run a productive scheme. And I just don't know if they have those pieces yet. 
Yeah. Um. Sam, I I think Sam. So to be clear, like I, I'm with you. Uh, obviously, offensive line is forever going to be a question mark until you see it on the field. Um, Dre, I, I pulled up a tweet that I, I literally just saw before the show. Um, that I that I think is really good, worth sharing. Um, you said that you can't endorse Sam Howe until he gives you a, re, a legit reason to to do so. Um, but you're glad he's getting a chance to prove himself this year. Um, and it's actually adding some good suspense going into the year. Um, obviously, you said you would love nothing more for him to shock everyone and answer our decade long, uh, decades long QB question. Um, and for me, uh, I, I think what's so interesting about Sam Howe this year, um, all offseason up until the, the couple days of training camp. Um, how about this? Like, when you think of the previous quarterbacks, um, honestly, since RG3's rookie season, I don't, I don't think, and, and the reason why I say rookie season, I'm talking about like first year quarterbacks in Washington. So even, uh, so when I say that, I mean like RG3's rookie season, um, Kirk Cousins' full season uh, as uh, the starter, meaning 2016 training camp. Um, 2018, you had Alex Smith. Um, 2019, Case Keenum. Uh, uh, several thousand other names after that. Whatever. Point being, I think when you look at like those first year quarterbacks in Washington, uh, Sam is has been a quarterback this this year where you're looking at somebody who, from all accounts, from the coaches, from the players, Jahan Dawson can't stop talking about Sam Howe. Um, and can't stop talking about him in a, in a positive light. Um, I mean, obviously that's the starting quarterback, but I'm saying like to the length in which he gives that effort to, to give, to give his opinion on Sam Howell, um, is, is interesting. Um, uh, but the, the players, the, the coaches are appreciating his work ethic. Um, when you listen to some of the beat reporters who were in the locker room last year, they talk about how he was handling himself, uh, whether it's after practices or, um, after games, like it was all from a professional manner, like he was studying. Um, and then you look at what he's been applying himself this all season. I say all that to say, like, I don't think I've seen a person like when you think about RG3's rookie season, you're like, yeah, like this, this shit is real. Like that's what you came across when you saw when you heard the reports in training camp, like this shit is real. Um, and you, you, you understood it early on. And when I hear about Sam Howe, it's not about like, oh, he's the real deal or, or he's he's a dog. It's more so like it's always a, a next step that people are acknowledging that he's taking. And, and it's not like somebody who's struggling and stagnant. And, and, and that's why I, I say for me, I'm very interested in seeing how this thing plays out with Sam Howell uh, to your point and what you mentioned, Dre. Like I'm optimistic about him. I'm not going to sit here and claim anything. And I, that's why I can't wait to see him. I, I'll be out there next week. Um, and I can't wait to see him in person, but like that climb, that progression is something that we haven't talked about from a first year quarterback, uh, in a long time. It's, it's always been somebody who just can't get something or, or they, they have huge down days. And obviously again, two days in a training camp. So the story is not over. It's not closed. Like he's not a done deal. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's up, but I just like where things are going to this point. And for me, with Sam Howell, I, I really want to be fair to Sam Howell. Like, I don't want to put any expectations on Sam Howell right now. Like, you know, even with that tweet that you mentioned, Maul, you know, most of the people that see him, you know, they agree. They say, hey, you know, that's fair. But then you still have one person that come, well, why can't you endorse him right now? Like, you know, he already showed you how great he is. I'm like, well, dude, look, it was one game and the stakes weren't high. You know, I don't want to put too much on him and be disappointed. I mean, we've been through this situation many of times. How many training camp stories? I mean, not just at the quarterback position, but any position with the Washington team. You know, we've heard guys looking great in training camp or doing this, that, and the third in training camp, and then they shit the bed when the season comes. You know, now and then we're all, you know, turning on the guy. We hate the guy. And we're making all these angry tweets and whatever. You know, so with Sam Howe, I just want to be fair to him. I mean, Sam Howe, you know, isn't, 
by any means right now considered a franchise quarterback. You know, he was a fifth round pick last year. He just so happens to be thrust into a position where he's starting this year for Ron Rivera because we really didn't have any other option. <laughs> you know, like they didn't, they weren't going to trade for a guy with looming ownership questions. You know, they weren't going to give anybody big uh, money. So Sam Howell's there. They drafted him last year. Why not just put him in? And hey, you know, hopefully Sam is that guy. But at the same time, as a fan, I just want to be fair to him. And I'm loving what I'm hearing about Sam. I've watched Sam in college. As I told the guy today who was, uh, you know, pretty upset that, you know, I wasn't endorsing I went Sam, through the comments. So so I'm like, bro, why are you why are you tripping about some college <laughs> stuff and, and saying why why, why are yeah. you mad that he hasn't bought in yet? Like, what's up, bro? Exactly. I'm like, why do I have to buy in right now? You know, I mean, we haven't seen, you know, in as a Washington fan, you should know with any quarterback. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks have good games here. We've seen quarterbacks go through shitty periods. So. You know, yeah, he had a great game against the Cowboys to end the season. Stakes weren't high, and, you know, he looked pretty good. I mean, I don't I'll, honestly, I won't even say great, but he looked good. Now, give me more. Give me a consistent stretch of games. Let me see Sam Howell come out. You know, someone even asked me what my expectations were this season. Like, oh, if he looks good against Buffalo and Philadelphia, will you buy in? I'm like, I need to see it consistently throughout the season. People can have good games in this league. I remember uh, what's the quarterback for uh, Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers, I think they set him out the end of the season, Matt Flynn. He goes out and he kills oh, him at the Flynn, end of the dude. season. Gets a huge contract with uh, Seattle and then Russell Wilson, you know, unplants him and the rest is history. But, I mean, the point is quarterbacks can have good games in this league. But can you have a stretch of good games? Can you be the reason why your team is in games? Can you be the reason why your team is winning games? That's what I want to see out of Sam Howell to really declare, okay, this guy is good. This guy can be a franchise guy. And I'm I'm on Sam's side. Like, I actually like Sam Howell, you know, so whatever anyone thinks. I like the guy. I watched Sam Howell in North Carolina. I actually remember Sam Howell in high school because I'm a Florida State fan. He committed to Florida State as a, you know, to, to come here as a freshman. And in Florida State, he ended up decommitting because his father didn't want him to go to Florida State. He goes to North Carolina. So I followed his career. And I like Sam Howell. I watched him a lot. But can it translate to the next level? There were obvious questions, which is a reason why he went in the fifth round. He didn't go in the first round or the second round in what was considered to be a weak quarterback class. People had questions about Sam Howell. You know, I still have questions about Sam Howe, but at the same time, I'm intrigued by Sam Howe. Sam Howe has some traits that I like. I like Sam Howe's arm. I like his gamer um, mentality. But again, I want to see Sam Howe go out there and put together, you know, can he make good decisions when the, you know, when the heat is on the line? Like it's a clutch moment. Is Sam Howe going to make good decisions? Is Sam Howe going to go out there and win you games? I want to see us win games, not in spite of Sam Howe. I want to see us win games because of Sam Howe. Like Sam Howe has to be a reason for those things. We haven't seen those things yet. We've seen one game against the Cowboys in game 17 of the season in which the Cowboys had nothing to play for. The commanders had nothing to play for. You know, he looked decent, but can he look decent when the stakes are high? And can he do that for a consistent stretch of games? I don't want to see one good game. I don't even want to see two good games. I want to see a string of good games, you know, and there's going to be bad games. Quarterbacks are not going to have perfect seasons, but you want for, for us to sit up here and commit to this guy and say he's a franchise guy. He has to show you over a long period of time or at least a consistent stretch. But a lot of fans want you to buy in right now. Like, oh, you have to love Sam Howell right now. You have to get behind him. Look how great he did. Oh, he was, the uh, you know, projected number one pick before the 2022 draft or whatever but he wasn't <laughs> so you know <laughs> things happen now let's see him just you know let's give sam a chance let's give him a fair chance because again i don't want to turn on sam Howe too quick and i don't want to go out there and hate sam Howe because he's not living up to my lofty expectations of him i'm giving sam Howe a fair chance and i'm cautiously optimistic about him i like sam and i'm very intrigued and he actually has me excited for the season because i just want to see what he can bring i'm here for it Yeah, I think another um another thing to to add just uh when we think about this year and, and optimism, um we're gonna transition to the other side of football as the defense. Uh Ron Rivera spoke today at his presser and he mentioned firstly he talked about Chase Young. Um and side note, Chase Young is out the out the, the knee brace, so that's really encouraging. Um, I, I peeped that through the video and, and pictures that come along, and obviously they announced it too. He's, he doesn't use the knee brace anymore. Um, but Ron Rivera made this quote, and I'll read it verbatim, um, when he talked about how Chase Young looked. He said, uh, you know, it's quote-unquote, it's good to see Chase Young 
moving around the way he did. Uh, I mean, he's light years ahead of where he, he was last training camp, and I think that's a big deal for us. Um, and then he transitioned to the overall part of the defense, which I really liked. Um, I think the thing that you can really point to, really, is just remember last year we talked about how the defense was working on something different and how they were trying to get that zone match down. It's different now. Uh, you see them, they're comfortable, they're confident in it. And I know Jack uh, and them looked at it and made a couple adjustments to it. And those players have just adapted to it so quickly. Um, so they're far ahead where they were last season. Um, I think that part in that quote is very important. Another thing that he added is the communication, how how big that's become and in, in, in understanding uh, the different tools uh, that comes with the defenses. Ron Rivera mentioned that. Um, and, and putting those tools together, using the coaches as obviously a resource and things like that. Um, but all of that being said, you think about where they were last year defensively, um, trying to pick up a new, um, I guess, a, a new toolbox to add into Jack Del Rio's scheme and implementing it throughout the season. But now you have a whole season's worth of reps. Um, you have a whole season's worth of tape. You have a whole season's worth of communication and understanding. And then you're bringing that entire pack of knowledge into this all season and training camp um i think it was linnell um shout out to linnell who mentioned that you know he thought that this defense was going to come out the gates on fire um i honestly uh am setting my expectations pretty high with this defense off the rip uh this side of the football uh, i'm not really doing the same thing for the offense side of football but i i think when you when you think about the situation that they have um, and the leadership from the defensive line to the secondary with the young veterans and Cam Curl and Derek Forrest uh, and obviously Kendall Fuller, like you have something there that can really hold the glue together and make this team just as good defensively as they were last year um, and, and maybe even better with the, the attitude of, of being able to create turnovers now. Um, so I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on like where are your expectations with the defense? Like, is it still is it is it as high? Um, or is it a little bit lower than kind of where I'm at? I'm when I say as high, I'm talking about like I'm thinking this can be a top five defense, uh, especially with the defensive line uh being where it's at and, and maybe even being back to to what it what we projected it could projected what it could be. Uh, I mean, in regards to this defense, I don't, I don't think I see them as a top five defense. Uh, not even sure if I'll see them as a top ten until I see the additions that they made, such as Emmanuel Forbes, actually start making some plays on the ball, and they create turnovers at a higher volume than what we seen last year. Last year was so frustrating as a fan to watch <laughs> to watch games where they weren't making a difference as far as flipping the field. Even even if the offense wasn't gonna be stagnant, we just didn't see that enough. Um, but I mean, it will be intriguing. Uh, you know, the first matchup of the season is against uh, the, uh, not the Colts, but Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. So that should be a breeze, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Week two, week two. You get Russell Wilson and them boys and, and Cortland Sutton, Judy, uh, Javante Williams, and Russell Wilson in Denver. That's a challenge because second week of the season, you're traveling all the way to the West Coast to play in that alt- altitude. Then after that, you get Josh Allen. So yep. this defense will be put to the test early with 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 solid quarterback play. Uh, I mean, minus Colt McCoy. But in the first four weeks, you're going against Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. So we should we should see a, a we should get a good indicator of how having Chase back. Uh, I I've seen I've seen video of Chase before even training camp without the without the brace on at his own uh, his own little youth camp that he had in D.C. You know, running around, he looks fast. He looks like he's comfortable. Uh, after the injury and feeling like himself again. And you could see that athleticism, which made him a, a top pick in the NFL draft, you know. Um, and like he said, he, he went back to his roots with Larry Johnson, who is famously known as one of the best defensive line coaches in college football history, um, you know, to, to, to get back to what he's, he's familiar with. And I think I also seen today that he had uh, Montez Sweat go with him 
as well to Ohio State. So, you know, that's his guy. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, the pass rush will play a major role in the back end being able to create those turnovers like they want in the additions yeah. of the Quan Martins and uh, the Emmanuel Forbes. I guess for me, I'm just intrigued to see how this whole slot situation plays out. Because uh, from what I know, yeah. I'm not really – I'm not really sure what's happening there, but yeah. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about it no more. Cause that we would that that stuff is it's confusing. And I know they did a lot of rotations in what it was the OTAs and mini camps, and then last year in the in the training camps they did so many different rotations. Um, in the secondary, uh, you're not you're not wrong. I don't like thinking about that shit. I mean, it's weird for me. For me. I would say about this defense, I mean, you can't really question much that's going on in the front four. Of course, you can ask questions about the linebacker position. But what they did in the draft with the defensive back selections and what they already have on the rock what they already had on the roster, which seemed to be, you know, average average talent at that point with what's returning, it, it just I just got questions because it seems like there isn't a defined role for certain players on this team as far as if they're going to be outside or if they're going to be the slot. I mean, I actually have higher expectations for the defense because when you look at the defensive unit, I mean, it's a, it's continuity there. You have a lot of continuity on the defense, especially the defensive line. I mean, those guys have been in the system since, you know, Ron and Jack have been here now, you know, then you look at the secondary. I mean, I think you have two pretty good safeties in, Derek Forrest and Cam Curl, and then you just added Quan Martin, who, you know, is going to be probably interchangeable. I don't know if he's going to, you know, man the slot. It's a good question by AJ as to who will man the slot because, you know, who is that guy on that roster right now? But that's okay. I mean, you you know, that's that may be a hole in the defense. It's not going to be a perfect defense, but I do think that you have enough on that defense. Like, I mean, as it is, this is a playoff defense. I think it's a playoff caliber defense. You know, now in the offense is, you know, obviously is another question, but when you look at the defense, if everyone performs, especially with the defensive line, it starts there. I always say it starts in the trenches. You know you got two stud monster defensive tackles in Payne and Allen. I mean, you know you have a really good guy, Montez Sweat. You know what Chase Young is capable of. So if those guys pull together and they they be what you think they can be, I mean, that sets the tone for the rest of the defense, in my opinion. Obviously, the biggest question mark, and the question mark has been there for years, is the linebacking crew. You know, I, I saw a couple of their reports today. Um you know, Jamin Davis, obviously, he's coming back uh, from injury. He didn't get to participate a lot in, like, the OTAs and the mini camps. And from what I've seen today, I don't know if they're working him back in slow, but they're saying Khalid Hudson was linebacker number one and Cody Barton was linebacker number two. But that would be a little disappointing to me, honestly, if Jamin Davis is not ready in year three to start. I mean, it's just, to me, that would just solidify bust and everything, you know, because I'm expecting that leap. And I've we've also heard, like, we had Kevin Sheehan on the show Kevin Sheehan was talking Jamin Davis up and everyone's, you know, a couple of other guys were saying, well, Jamin Davis is the guy that we're hearing good things about. You know, maybe he's going to flash this year. We need him to flash. Like, we need that guy to come and be something. I mean, because if he is, you know, he was raw when we drafted him. But year three, you shouldn't be raw anymore. We, we don't expect raw anymore. And if you are a first-round linebacker like Jamin Davis was, you know, drafted to be – he elevates this defense, you know, in another way. He has the speed, obviously, but can he play the game? Can he read, you know, can he make the reads? You know, can he take this defense to another level? And if he's not it there, then obviously, yeah, you're grasping the straws. You're hoping Khalid Hudson something. You're hoping Cody Barton something. So that could be, you know, more of a weakness, so to speak, than the slot position cornerback. But I think you do have some playmakers in the secondary enough that can, you know, um, capitalize on what the defensive line is going to give you. Like I said, I love Emmanuel Forbes, and I love the fact that he's going against Terry McLaurin and Josh Dotson um, um, every day. I mean, <laughs> Dotson every day in practice. Like, I, lo I love that. You know, I even seen people calling him a bust today because he got burnt by Terry McLaurin. Like, one play gets burnt by Terry McLaurin, and he's a bust. I mean, Wait, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, Terry's going to burn a lot of good cornerbacks in this league, you know, even great cornerbacks in this league. But it's good that he's seeing someone like that every day in practice, you know, and that's only going to help him get better. 
but you know, obviously playing behind his defensive line, we've been talking about it. Like he was my favorite pick, and you know, well, at least one of my favorite picks in this draft because of what I think he can bring behind playing against his defensive line. He's a playmaker, he's a gambler. You know, we talk about D'Angelo Hall and how D'Angelo Hall was that playmaker gambler type of guy, but he didn't play behind a defensive line like what Washington has right now. So that's why I'm so intrigued by what this defense can, you know, achieve. And I, I don't want to put, you know, uh, a number on it to say, oh, this they're going to be the best defense, maybe even top five. But I do think they have top five to top ten capabilities, and I will be disappointed with anything less. We in the same boat, uh, Dre. Like, on un- un- no question, uh, Armani said that uh, he thinks that Jamin is still coming back from the knee injury. Um, I-, I know that he was still hurt uh, from the offseason. I forgot to what degree, but I know that's the reason why um he sat out for most of it uh, but we'll see um Jamin is obviously going to be a, a big deal uh you, you think about some areas actually that they struggled we didn't beat this with a dead horse but i'll just make a, a just a passing comment but we've seen the areas in which they struggled to to really like find stability and that's been that linebacker and offensive line spot uh since ron rivera has taken over um I, and to be honest with you the one piece of stability that they've been able to, to really get is, is Charles Leno at, at tackle. Um, and, and Cornelius Lucas as the swing tackle, a backup swing tackle. Um, but, but that's about it. So you think about those two positions um, all together, uh, Jamin, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, once, you know, that, I, I don't know if he's like not fully healthy yet, but I think he'll be fine. Ultimately uh, back, he'll, he'll be taking majority of the snaps alongside Cody Barton. I did notice that, I saw Barton's presser, like a June presser after one of one of those practices, probably the mandatory mini camp, uh, where he mentioned, you know, he he had an opportunity to be a green dot here. So that's interesting because Jamin was when he took over for Cole, he was the green dot guy. Um, and he was green dot for I think the whole season. I the remainder of the season when he took over, whenever that was. So I may be wrong, but I know he was green dot for sure 100 percent last year. Um, but I wonder how they're going to kind of like what's their approach this year because Cody is talking about how much he loved the opportunity to come here and, and be in this type of situation. Um, so to what degree that kind of affects one player, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I really, I really think that if Jamie can stay healthy, this is going to be a, a solid year for him. Um, and, and I won't go any further than that. We just have to see. Um, but yeah, do we have any other things for for that that I probably have missed? Um, I don't think we the enemy hasn't even spoke yet, so we don't know to what degree he has any thoughts on things. Uh, am I missing anybody? Chase Young, you know, Chase Young, we really don't get it media much, but yeah, yeah well, I, mean, we, we I, don't, get, I don't think it's oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, we got a couple of uh signings that I don't know how you know big they are, but. It's something I've been honestly kind of wanting the last couple of years, and a lot of other fans been wanting a couple of years. Maybe okay. we have a real kicker competition now. You know, we got Bagley. Oh, Bagley. We just signed him. Yeah. You know, obviously, um, we still have Joey uh, Sly, who's been here for a couple of years. But I love the fact that they're finally bringing in a kicker competition. It's been some years since that's happened. I mean, Badgley, he wasn't bad at Detroit, you know, so maybe he comes in. But um, I, I seen a tweet from John Kahn. John Kahn was saying that he's not really that good on kickoffs, which could be an issue. But I'm kind of in the boat of, give a damn if you can kick it in the back of the end zone just have a good coverage team you know go out, go down there and tackle the guy no one was worried about that 20 years ago of, oh man we can't kick it off you know unless you had a dante hall or somebody back there that was you know running kickoffs but they just go down and tackle the damn guy man i don't care if he kicks it out of the end zone you man, know and uh, Dre, if you if you if you can't get touchbacks with how they move the ball closer that is an issue like, but AJ, let me ask you this: Do you care about touchbacks, or do you care if the guy can make field goals? I care if the guy hey, can man. make field goals consistently, then if he can get touchbacks consistently. I care about field goals, right? But at the same time, if you're kicking on coverage, is not going to be good. Like Washington has never really had a good special teams in my life. Then fix it <laughs> outside outside of Brian Mitchell time. But like coverage wise, I always get scared when they have to do coverage. I mean, at the end of the day, I did see Joey Sly in the video. I'm like, is this dude trying to be a damn linebacker? 
Like, what, yeah, what's going on? Guns, here? Like, yeah, bro, yo, what's up, bro? What's going on? Like, that boy looked like he looked like Brian Cushing. <laughs> like hey Amani, I'm with you, bro. Make make a damn make a damn field goal. Here's here's something that I was looking into um when I was writing this article for Hawks Haven. Uh from Pro Football Reference, uh Sly's Sly uh Joey Sly was 85.7% on extra points and that ranked 25th in the NFL. Uh and he was 83% on field goals percentage, and that ranked him 21st in the NFL. Uh, and he and he's done that in 23 games. So uh, obviously we know he has a strong leg, but to what degree is that worth if you can't make your field goals? Comparatively speaking, Michael Bad- Badgley. Um, I looked at his extra. I, I looked at his stats. Um, but I know he didn't miss an extra point last year at all. Like it don't matter if you're like if your kick gets blocked. Like that's an issue where you're kicking the ball too low. Um, or I mean it could be other issues, but somebody can sneak in or whatever. But I remember like sometimes these guys kick kick the kicks the, the football is too low. And I'm not gonna just 100 percent put that on sly. I can't remember every single miss that he had. But for you to not even be in your 90, the 90 90% or higher for any of your 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 field goal or your extra points, like you deserve to have competition. Um that's interesting. Uh oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. you got def, def, definitely should have competition, but ain't this uh sly second his second uh his second run with Ron Rivera. Yeah, he uh, kicks with a, I think he's in Carolina, right? Yeah, he was in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, for me, man, I'm just ready for preseason. Yeah, like, it, it's good they brought in competition, but we get to see so many different competitions in preseason for this organization, uh, yeah. from the offensive line to quarterback to linebacker. Is it going to be Barton and, and Jamin, or is it going to be Jamin and Kaliki? Uh, uh, I probably didn't even say that man's name right. Um, my bad. But you know, also on the back end, who's gonna be the slot? Who's gonna be the outside? So that's what I'm intrigued about, man. Like the little, uh, I'm seeing fans clapping for quarterbacks throwing passes against air to wide receivers. <laughs> like, oh my god, amazing job! Like, I that's that's the part of training camp I can't stand. Like. Nothing with really you grinds that, my gears more more than that. Like, and and a lot of things don't really annoy me, but it's like when I'm hearing fans like round of applause chanting, "Yeah, go boy, yeah, I like that." I'm like, bro, it's a wide open receiver with no defense. Like, he should be able to complete that. So I'm just ready for preseason games, man, because it's like even even the some of the eleven on eleven things. I could see little issues I don't like in Brissett or Howell at quarterback, but at the end of the day, and so them boys can actually go out there and, and and sack the quarterback, it don't really it don't really do anything for me. So when when does preseason kick off again? Uh, is that two next weeks week? For Friday. Like for the it's NFL? Two, well, I know the Hall of Fame game is probably like next. It's always like the uh, what is it the Sunday the Hall of before Fame game next Thursday? Week from yeah, Thursday. so yeah. But to follow up on AJ, I'm actually excited too for preseason. I'm ready for that. And another competition that I'm interested to see, and I've been interested in seeing this, is the wide receiver competition from four on down. We're talking about the Diami Browns and, you know, the rest of those guys. And then also you just brought in uh, Pringle from Kansas City. Uh, well, he played with, I think, the Bears last year. But, I mean, he's a guy that's played in Eric Bieniemy's offense before, and he's had production in the NFL. You know, I've heard some good things about Diami today. He's catching a deep ball. That's good. I hope Diami, you know, he's ready to, you know, stand out this year or at least, you know, solidify that fourth position. But that's a wide receiver battle that I'm waiting to see because they have a, they have about 13 bodies, I think, in total for the wide receiver group. And a couple of those guys can make that case anywhere between four to six. So that's something to watch. You know, and it's also good for the quarterbacks, too, especially for like the Jacoby Brissett's and, you know, I don't even want to mention his name because he's not even that important. I don't I don't even know if he's going to make the team. But Jake Fromm, you know, those guys are going to have guys to throw to in the preseason. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But they're going to have guys to throw to in the preseason. That's, you know, fighting like hell. You know, even the Tinsley, the Mitchell Tinsley's, the undrafted free agent guys, there's going to be a hell of a battle. And also, you know, kind of something that we haven't really been talking about, you know, that I think, you know, is something key, too, because it was something that was a concern of mine last year is the return game. 
who's going to step up and be the return guy? Because Dax Milne wasn't it last year. I mean, obviously we've seen that. But Pringle was a guy that has shown that he can do that. He can return the ball. He did it in Kansas City. Um, you signed the undrafted free agent, Kashmir uh, Allen. He's a guy who can step up, but um, we don't know. That's a position. Who, who's going to solidify that return spot this year also is something I'm going to be watching for in preseason. I like Pringle. Um, I don't think he's anybody special, but I think like what he does well, um, like is is after a play breaks down. Like he's a he's a very friendly court. He's a very friendly receiver for the quarterback. Um, he knows how to get himself open. Um, you know he has some some ability to win quickly. Like, but he's not like that fast of a player. Uh, so I remember somebody said on Twitter that he's a fast guy. He's not. He's not that fast. Um. But I mean, like when when you're in open field and you you know how not to be caught, then you know that is what it is. I um, mean, he's been able to do that on special teams, and that's that's the reason. Like he has really good vision with the ball in his hands, um, but also he's a really good blocker too. Um, so like he's a multi-purpose receiver, and I think when you when you have a known trait or traits that can benefit a team, especially when you sign to a a, a coach who has coached you at his previous stop, um, you are a player that is probably already climbed the charts of the competition um and is probably eliminated a couple a couple people already now you show you have to show that all right he still got it type of deal but if you if you even if you show that then like you're already secured um whether that's the fourth spot i don't think it's going to be the fourth spot but it may be maybe that fifth spot where you can have you can still find your way in the rotation uh in certain packages and things like that I mean, I think, Maul, you just laid out perfectly why De'Ami Brown may not make this roster. I mean, what roster. does he do? What <laughs> what does he do? What does he do well? Like, even the clip I seen today, like, that was a 50-50 ball on the fly route. The route was nasty. Like, <laughs> the route tree does not exist for that boy. Like, at the end of the day, what more can you bring to this wide receiver room, you know, like he doesn't play special teams great. Uh, when you talk about a Pringle, that's a guy that, you know, has seemed to find his his niche within the NFL ranks. Like he knows exactly who he is. Uh, he's not trying to go out there and be number one, number two, but he's just a versatile guy that can do everything. Like he can catch in between the numbers, he can block. He can play special teams, whether it be on coverage or actually, you know, as a kick returner, punt returner, whereas other guys, because, I mean, you look at the wide receiver court. It's Terry, Jihad Dawson, Curtis Samuel. We mentioned Casimir Allen. Uh, you added Pringle. You also got Matt Kent. You, you got that 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 other boy over there, Dax, um, a.k.a. Mayo. Uh, <laughs> you got you got Dami. And what you got, Mitchell? It's Mitchell Tinsley. Tinsley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you probably got another wide receiver. Like all, a lot of those guys can't make the team. You probably gonna keep Casimir because you could use him also as uh, a halfback. Like where where does Diami fit in? Like that's that's where I'm kind of confused at. Like because I think Pringle makes the roster. I think Pringle makes We're it too. We're going to see. You guys right? No, I'll just say, I, th- I think Pringle makes it too. But, I mean, I, I still have a – I mean, I honestly would be shocked if Diami doesn't make the roster. I mean, he's been here a couple of years. But, I mean, at the same time, anything could happen. I mean, because, like I said, it's going to be an intense competition when you look at four to six. You know, that four to six. You know, like you said, even Marcus Kemp, the other guy from Kansas City, he's a guy that's been in Eric Bieniemy's system. Not to say that anybody from Eric Bieniemy's system, system is going to have preferential. Uh, he definitely you know, he don't got the resume, though. Just yeah, but he plays special teams, like AJ was saying. Like AJ was mentioning that. that he got, doesn't really do his benefit, he got the hype. He got the height more than anybody else on the roster. Right. You know, and, and then Dax Mill. And I mean, like I said, it's going to be – that's why I said, like, a lot of people might be – might not be looking at this too much because it's four to six. You know, people are looking at more of the one to twos, the one to threes. But the four to six wide receiver competition, I think it's going to be intense. And Diami does have to really show something this offseason, whether it's in training camp and preseason. And not only just preseason, 
We also have a joint practice against the Ravens this season. And I'm interested in that too, because that's going to tell us something too. Like those joint practices has always told us things, you know, that preseason has also taught us. Like training camp might not tell you much because you're going against the same guys every day. But joint practices, you're going against another team and, you know, you're seeing someone else. And now who's going to shine in those? So that's going to also tell you something, too, when it comes to the competitions that we're looking forward to. You're not lying. Um, I think AJ said it best. And, and Dre, you just reiterated it. Uh, training camp scrimmages with or the joint practices and, and obviously preseason games can't come quick enough uh to 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 the, to our TVs and, and whoever's going to the games or, or the practices. Uh for us right now, I think we're good. Uh we'll circle back on Tuesday because uh that'll give uh, I'll be up there on Tuesday to just to make my little observations and stuff like that. So um we'll have we'll be back on Tuesday the, the commander side of Chopper Dive. Uh, we'll be able to give some some more in depth on, on, on what I've been able to see uh, in real time. Um, and, and we can discuss some things in that way, obviously, gear up for whoever was at the podium or pressure that day uh, and, and things like that. So uh, with that being said, fellas, man, it's good to be back, bro. Football here, man. We're here every week until whenever. I don't know. We got we got a, we got a few months. <laughs> we got a couple months. Um, but no, nah, that's that's going to wrap it up for us. I appreciate everybody who was in the chat. Uh, Monty Magic, uh, Marcus Monty, Rich and the fellas. Um, but yeah, we'll be out of here. Y'all be safe. Enjoy y'all day. Enjoy y'all y'all weekend as well. Uh, but yeah. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole, or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long, or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us. Put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on. Keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is trap or die. 